Well, well. You know, when you're playing poker, it's not the best dealt hand that wins. It's the best played hand that wins all the time. And some of us have been dealt some difficult hands. One of the rarest hands that you can draw in poker is four aces. And four aces beats almost every other hand. It's, it's the hand that wins in most circumstances. So when you get a handful of aces, you begin to bet and you bet big. Not that I'm telling you to bet, by the way. Just If you're already mad, send the emails to Josh Whitehead. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 is our theme verse for the year. Acts 2, 42 said they were wholly devoted to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, and of prayer. Now, you want to talk about drawing four aces. Those are four incredible cards that God has laid in our hand. They're, a hand, they're, they're really a card that every one of us have. And when Dr. Jesus looks at his church, that is where he puts his stethoscope on those four marks, the apostles' teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and of prayer. That's where he sees the lifeblood of his church. And so those were the things that the early church in Pentecost were committed to. And like any winning hand, if you're playing cards and you believe the winning hand, you go all in. Well, months and months ago, I was praying, and in my prayer time, I told the Lord, Jesus, I am all in for you. And see, that group of Pentecostals, that, that ragtag group of brand new believers in the book of Acts, they went all in for Jesus. Are you with me? They held nothing back. So the cards that we've been given, the first ace that God has given us is the apostles' teaching. It's incredible. The apostles' teaching for us is the scripture. Now, recognize when those people were saved on the day of Pentecost, they didn't have a copy of this Bible. They had some scrolls of Old Testament prophecies of the prophets, of the wisdom writing, of the Pentateuch. They had some scrolls, but nobody had the whole Old Testament together. And so we've got to go all in for the apostles' teaching are the word of God. It's our anchor. Are you with me? It's our sword. It's our weapon. And it is so difficult to be strong in the kingdom of God if you're weak in the word. Does it make sense? It's, it's very difficult to be strong in warfare if you are weak with your weaponry. And this is our sword. You see, Jesus already in our Bible reading plan, facing Satan, and what he used was the written word of God. It's hard to be strong in authority when you are weak in the revelation and don't realize what authority God has given you. Does this make sense? So they were all in. So what I want to challenge you is get on the Bible reading plan, and here's the deal. It's, it's easy early January to get, man, I, I, I'm going to really discipline myself on I'm going to read the word every day. Listen, let me ask you, let me encourage you to move from discipline to anticipation. Discipline is not a positive word. Anticipation is an incredible word. Go to bed anticipating opening this word every morning. Are y'all with me? Anticipating God speaking to your heart. What's the second ace he gave us? Number one is the apostle teaching. Number two was fellowship. 
Realize, these early believers, early in the book of Acts, these were crazy people. They were following a dude that was dead that they said came alive. People didn't believe that today. And so the only folks they could hang out, hang out with that got what they, that understood what they understood was other believers. And so they met from house to house and daily. And so they were getting together all the time. We call that small group. And this year we're going to launch about three or 400 freedom groups. It's absolutely the best curriculum that we've ever used to help set people free. But listen, we need to be together. Y'all with me? for fellowship, for prayer, for those things. So I want to encourage you to get, to get involved. What's the third ace that God gave us? The third ace was the breaking of bread where they got together and celebrated the Lord's Supper, that they were still shocked and stunned that this Jesus that many of them had actually seen was now alive. Incredible. We'll talk about that more in the weeks to follow. And then the fourth ace that they had in their hand was prayer. Now, in poker, there are usually five cards. And if you had four aces and the wild card, you couldn't be beat. And can I tell you something? The wild card is the God card. When you are walking with God, God is wild. God is incredible. God is far beyond what our traditional Christianity, this just sort of church thing, he is incredible. When you got the God card, you are not going to lose. So what did those brand new believers do? They pushed their chips to the middle of the table and bet there forever on God. They pushed their chips to the middle of the table and they believed that God answered prayer. Do we still believe that God answers prayer in the 21st century? So sort of like church, we got to decide if we're going to show up. We got to decide if we're going to be faithful. We got to decide if we're going to pick up a chair, pull out a chair and sit down. We got to decide if we're going to put our chips on the table because every believer has been dealt a hand. Some of them have been really good. Some of them have not been good. The question is, you're going to hold them? You're going to fold them? Are you going to go all in in 2020 for Jesus? As for me and my house, we're going all in. Are y'all with me? Now, at all of our campuses, when you leave this weekend, you get a chip. You don't get all these, but you get a chip. It says all in, because we're going all in. God, we pray for a supernatural anointing. We pray for a mighty move of your Holy Spirit. We pray, and I believe, and just speak by faith that 2020 is going to be the greatest year in the history of faith promise. We are going to see greater miracles, greater ministry. We're going to see more people saved. God, 10 years ago, you gave me a word that by this year, we'd be 10,000 promisers strong on the weekend. I believe that we will see that in 2020. I believe you're going to do more and do greater things. God, we are looking for you to move. We're looking for you to save, to heal, to show up, to reveal yourself in signs and wonders. We are looking for the power of God. And so, Father, we tell you, we are all in, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said... Come on, who's all in for Jesus this year? Come on. Man, this is not a New Year's resolution. This is a bedrock commitment that we make to the King. Happy New Year. Great to see you guys. Incredible. I really do believe that 2020 will be the greatest year that we have seen to date.
I hope you've got a personal growth plan prepared for this year. If you're new, don't know what that is, every year we give out a book. It, it deals with theme. It's got a 31-day devotion through the, through the month of January. In the back of it, though, there's a personal growth plan I developed. Fill in the blanks, put it in, and man, get to town. There's a Bible reading plan in the back of this book that we're challenging every promiser to get on together. We encourage, I encourage every promiser to get a word for the year. I'm already getting emails and texts. This is my word. This is my word. My word for this year is favor. Psalms 90, Psalms 90, verse 17. I'm looking for the favor to fall on me. Come on, man, get a word and believe God. Are y'all with me? So we're about to enter 21 days of fasting and prayer. And so it is going to be incredible. Uh, for me, it begins Monday. I think there's been a little confusion, but for it's I'm beginning 21 days on Monday. And what we're going to do something new this year is we're going to have three prayer meetings. The, three, the next three Saturday mornings at, at almost every campus, there's a couple we can't, but most of them are going to have a Saturday morning one-hour prayer meeting. See, before the book of Acts, or before we see God break out in Acts chapter 1, let me tell you what had happened. There was 21 days, there were 10 days of prayer. Are you with me? So but they were all in, and for 10 days, they were soaking 24 today. They were believing. They were praying. It's one of the indicators of health of a church, the prayer life of a church, of a believer. If Jesus showed up, King Jesus, he would put the stethoscope on the prayer life of Faith Promise Church to determine how healthy we were. Does that make sense? And so it is just, if we're going to see 2020, if we're going to see all in, then we're going to need to see God move. And again, we need to move prayer from a discipline to an anticipation. When I go to bed at night, many nights I say, Lord, I can't wait to get up in the morning. I can't wait to meet with you. I'm going to hear from heaven. I'm going to open the word of God. You're going to teach me. I can't wait to meet with you in the morning. Lord, let me have a dream about heaven tonight. Give me a vision of Jesus tonight. Lord, let me have a sweet sleep tonight. Come on, are y'all with me? Lord, so, man, I anticipate being with him. Look at your prayer time and word time. Look at it like you would anticipate an incredible meal. Does that make sense? Because let me tell you, I, I anticipate an incredible meal. Now, maybe that doesn't motivate some of y'all. But if I know I'm going to go, especially with some good friends, and Shell and I are going to go out to dinner, and, and you know, man, it's exciting. I'm looking, are y'all, are y'all, days before I'm saying, hey, it's coming. <laughs> that steak, I know I'm going to order. I can't wait to get there. That's the way it ought to be with prayer. The most exciting thing we get to do as believers is communicate with heaven. Does this make sense? Let's build, which is the word and the will of God, let's build a praying church. Psalms 51, 12, David in his repentance before God of his sin said, Lord, sustain me with a willing spirit. Make me want to. Because you know the people that are going to show up at the prayer meetings? Those that want to. You know who's going to be at church next weekend? Those that. You know who's going to be reading their Bible and following a growth plan? Those that. Man, we need God to change our wanter. Are you in? Come on. Man, get all up in some of that. But here's the deal. We can have the most incredible weekends of faith promise we've ever had. 
But, it, man, if we're not praying, they'll be powerless. We got the most incredible music, write the greatest songs, have the world's best preaching and communication. But if we're not praying, it will fall flat. We can have 3,000 3, people serving Faith Promise, the body of God, every week. But if we are not praying, it will be powerless. We can have 1,000 groups, but without power, nobody will be freed up. We can, man, we can see all, we can have the greatest student ministry, the greatest kids ministry, but without prayer, it'll be powerless. There'll be great programs, but there won't be transformation. Fusion, incredible opportunity to deal your kids some aces under the table. Listen, if you've got a student, middle school, high schooler, sign them up for Fusion. If you say, we're new, my student doesn't know anybody, go with them. Because we got some helicopter moms, come on. I was helicoptering away. Some of y'all helicopter toured. It's all right. Go with them. Sign them up. Sign them up. But as the world keeps raising the stakes, we are not going to fold at Faith Promise Church. We are going all in for Jesus. So some of you guys may want to do scholarships for students for Fusion. That would be incredible. But, man, we're, we're going all in. We're, we're going all in. So just, you've got a city, you can sign them up this weekend. Man, come on. In, in uh, Genesis chapter 4, verse 26, it, it was talking about the people. Didn't call them Jews. Didn't call them disciples. Those who called upon the name of the Lord. We need to be known as those that call upon the name of the Lord. Are you with me? Those that call upon the name of the Lord who believe God, who believe God can. See, God stands ready to help when we get to the end of ourselves. A broken and contrite heart thou will not despise, O Lord. Jeremiah 33, 3, ask and I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. But Satan's subtle strategy has been for us to depend on our own resources, our own power, our own programming, our own stuff, and not trust God. When we've already seen it, if you're on the Bible reading plan, when the devil showed up in the Garden of Eden, the first thing he did was try to make Adam and Eve doubt God's word, doubt God's power, and doubt God's love. Doubt God's ability. Just depend on you. You can't depend on anybody else. Just depend on you. See, the problem is we want Pentecostal power without Pentecostal participation. We want signs and wonders. Come on. We want miracles. I've got four or five, I'm telling you, miracles I'm believing God for. I'm believing God for. One is in this, in this worship service at this campus, Kim Whitehead. I'm believing God. There are other people I'm believing for miracles. Lil Anthony, one of our, uh, uh, one of our staff members' son, I'm, I'm believing he's going to grow a new lung. He just born without one. God's going to I'm believing for one of our elders. I'm believing that his granddaughter will be healed of a tumor in her throat. I, see, I want to see signs and wonders. Are y'all with me? I want to see people far from God saved. We want to see addicts delivered. We want to see marriages restored. We want to see all that. We want Pentecostal power, but we don't want Pentecostal participation. Apostles teaching, fellowship, breaking the bread in a prayer. Does that make sense? Come on. 
With prayer, we can mobilize an army. We can mobilize a movement. With prayer, we can unleash heaven. With prayer, we can write the 29th chapter of the book of Acts. That's what I, I believe with prayer. In 2010, I said when we were about 2,000 that by 2020, this year, we would run 10,000 on the weekend. And everybody said, you're crazy. Everybody said, there's no way. I still believe we'll see it. But listen, 20% of us won't get there. We have to be all in. All in. Not some of us. Not 20% doing 80% or 20% giving. All of us all in, privately and publicly. What made Jesus mad? If you've read, read the Gospels, in Mark chapter 11, Jesus shows up. They've turned the house of God into this into this chintzy thing where they're robbing people and Jesus gets a whip, makes a whip and chases, turns over the tables and runs people out and said, my house shall be called a house of? He didn't say my house should be called a house of preaching. He should be called a house of prayer. He said my, my house will not be a house, it won't be called a house of singing. It'll be called a house of? But see, Satan's subtle scheme is to get us to substitute preaching for prayer. See, preaching's work for just a few of us, but prayer is the work of all of us. The kingdom of God does not move on a few. It moves on the gifts and talents of the many. So in the book of Acts, they prayed for 10 days. God showed up, 120 people in that church. Day one, 3,000 people saved and baptized. That's, that's unheard of. Last year, we had a record baptism. We had... A, I haven't heard the final number. It'll be somewhere around eight, about 900 baptisms. It's incredible, right? It's incredible. But listen, it took, it took 7,500 of us every week, a year to baptize 800. It took that 120 people an hour to baptize 3,000. See what I'm talking about? But I'm not talking about playing church games. Listen, God can do more in 10 minutes of power than we can do in 10 years of powerless preaching or ministry. Are you, are you with me? The reason I still believe that we could see 10,000 this year is because I believe that our God is limitless in his scope and ability. I just, I do. I believe we can see revival. I don't think that we have seen what our God can do. See, my best effort, the greatest thing that Chris can do is the floor my ceiling is God's floor. Ephesians 3.20, I will do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond anything you could ask or imagine. So do your best, and that's when God will step up and step in and take it to a whole nother level. Does that make sense? Now let's be real. Our campuses are full of problems this weekend. There are marriages that are struggling. Don't know if you'll make it through the first quarter. There are people that are struggling health-wise. There are people that, are, that, are, that have got relational ruin in their life. There are people that are here this weekend that are struggling from all kinds of addictions. There are, there are some of you came this weekend and you know you put on a face, you're playing a game. You know, come on, you know, you know deep down what's, what's really going on in your life. When, man, our campus is filled with problems. Would y'all agree with that? And we've had 25 years, and we've heard some great sermons. There's incredible books, podcasts on marriages, on freedom. Information abounds. 
And yet, why are, why are believers still bound up? Because it's the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. How does, how do, how does, the, how do you, how does the anointing, where's the anointing? Well, the anointing's the wild card. The anointing is the wild card that talks about in 1 John chapter 4. And the anointing flows through the prayer of the people of God. That's why I'm asking you for the next three Saturdays. Man, let's, let's have a few thousand praying every week. Are you with me? Two of you. Are you with me? Yeah. Come on. Yeah, but I got stuff on Saturday morning. Yeah, I got you. If you're going to be all in, it changes how you live your life. Your schedule changes. Your priorities change. How you do what you do and when you do it change. And if you're all in for Jesus, then you're in for whatever change Christ commands. Right. Are you with me? Come on. So, man, it's prayer that brings it. Like the infilling of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. Man, God short-circuited the people's problems. Those early believers who thought they'd never get victory, they found freedom, they found fullness, they found adoption, they found the fruit of the Spirit. They walked in enormous victory. But how did Jesus launch that church? Not through preaching, but through prayer. God shows up when his people pray. Is anybody out there? Come on. We used to complain when they took prayer to public school. What about taking prayer out of the house of God or the life of believers? Come on. Let's get real. Let's get raw and real, man. It's going to be incredible this year, but we got to get, we got to get with it. We need some all-in acts, prayer meetings, if we want the power of God in our midst like they saw in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 2, verse 41 says this, So then those who received his word, the message of repentance. Those who received his word were baptized that day. About 3,000 souls added. Now, being all in is not for spectators. Being all in is for believers. Are you with me? Come on. It's time to pull out a chair. It's time to, it's time to set some priorities. It's time to push your chips on in for Jesus. Don't hedge your bet. I'm all in. My eternity. Time to ante up. Are y'all with me? It's time. Jesus wants all of you. He did not give everything so you could give some things. He wants all of you. Jesus went all in. Let's go all in like Jesus did. All in. But here's the pot we're playing for. Because, because they did the four things... Those four things, apostles teaching, fellowship, breaking bread into prayer, because they were committed wholly to those things, this is what happens. Are you ready? This is what God did. Verse 43, everyone kept feeling a sense of awe. How'd you like to come to church in awe? Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe. And many signs and wonders were taking place to the apostles. And all those who had believed were together, had all things in common. There was unity, there was vision, there was passion, there was a purpose. And they had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing with them all as anyone might have need. There was not one church, one need in the church that the church didn't meet. This wasn't 20% of the people giving 80% of the money. 
This is everybody adding in, giving their property, bringing their all every week as they gathered for worship and laying that offering at the apostles' feet. Man, they were all in. That just caused some of you to back a little bit backward stroke up about being all in. Man, I want to come. I want to be all in. I want to see Pentecostal power, but I don't want to be generous. <laughs> Wrong. It just doesn't work that way. And day by day, continually with one mind, synergism in the temple and breaking bread and from house to house, small group, Lord's Supper, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart. Come on, we ought to be the most glad people on the planet. Sincerity of heart. Praising God. Woo! Every day. They didn't have a Bible. They didn't have tracks. They didn't have evangelism training. They just talked about Jesus who was dead is alive and how they're going to heaven and how their life was filled with joy and purpose and miracles. Are y'all with me? That's what was going on. Praising God and having favor with all the people. The people were in awe of the believers. They were afraid of the believers, but they had favor. Come on. Man, Christians don't have any favor. We're the laughing stock. We're the brunt of jokes. My goodness. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. Now, if you don't think the church went about evangelism, you read the book of Acts, and every time it just goes one more notch. The Lord added, added, the Lord multiplied. The Lord added numbers beyond increase. You want to be a part of a church like this? Because I do. Come on, is that, man? This is the kind of church I've wanted to see since the day I got saved and read this passage. I want to see a move of God. I want to be a part of church. We want Pentecostal power without Pentecostal participation. Are we a body? Are we a family? Then, man, it's going to require more than some of us to get to just step over the line this year. Man, through the Holy Spirit, literally reading this passage, the Lord gave me that phrase, we want Pentecostal power without Pentecostal. And that then took me, I mean, out of Acts 2.42. And man, the Lord just said, this will be the theme for 2020. And I've been working on that all year long. See, God is not a fast food God with drive-through prayer. Are you with me? Man, God's not a part-time, pastime, check you out every now and then kind of God. We got to go all in. That means we put God first. Does that make sense? Come on. We serve each other. About two or 3,000 of you guys that are not serving at our campuses this weekend need to go ahead and step over the line and find you a place to serve. Well, nobody asked. Well, you ask us. So sorry we missed you. You ask. You go to the campus pass. You go somewhere. Go to Next Steps where you can find your gift. Come on, get plugged in. Quit. You will want to be here. You'll feel like a part of the team when you're serving. Give generously. Man, imagine if everybody in faith promised faithfully tithe. The ministry globally that we could be a part of. It would be ridiculous. Come on. What's stopping you from being all in? Fear, the devil, the world? What has the world ever done for you? Come on. If you haven't been in Next Steps, sign up. This weekend is week one. 
6.15 on Saturday night, Pellissippi, 11.30 at every campus Sunday. And just it's week one, you'll see where we've been, where we're going, and how you can be a part of this movement of God. If you're not a group, sign the communication card, go online, go to Group Finder, get a group. If you've been saved and not baptized, step over the line, get baptized. If you haven't been saved, I'm about to give you an opportunity here in just a minute. Are you with me? Man, it's just time to go all in. Where, man, just step in there. And faith promise, we're ready to deal you into the family. Into your calling, into your mission, into your new life. We're ready to deal you in. Man, we're going all in 2020. Jesus went all in for us and he held absolutely nothing back. Is that right? Man, it's time. It's time. Campus pastors, in just a second, I'm going to turn it over to you. Let me just give you one more thought. When, when Peter preached in Acts 2 the, on the day of Pentecost, all those people were already religious. They were already religious. Nicodemus was one of the number one religious rulers that came and said, what did it have to get to heaven? Now, it's a little more difficult, but follow me. There's a lot of religious people here this weekend. You grew up in church. Christianity is your religion. But I'm talking about a new birth relationship. Jesus said, if you have not been born again, you're not going to see the kingdom of heaven. And I'm asking you to move from a religion into a relationship. And when you got a relationship with Jesus, come on, baby, it's easy to go all in then. It's no problem putting all the chips in the middle of the table and saying, I'm all in for Jesus when you know him. Come on. So campus pastors, man, I love you guys. Go ahead and take it over. Amen. Lead some people to Jesus and finish it out. So it's, it's just a, it's a leap of faith. It's just stepping over the line and believing that I'm going to put the chips in. I'm not going to put part of them and hold them back because maybe, maybe, maybe it's not real. So I'm going to hold it. No, it's salvation is by saying, man, I'm going all in for Jesus. That's just, that's why it always puzzles me that everybody doesn't serve and give and everybody's not all in because the day that I got saved, I was automatically all in. Anybody with me? Anybody, anybody understand that? I, people didn't tell me, hey, you need to go all in. You ought to read your Bible. You ought to give. Man, I was all up for it. I don't understand what's holding you back. I can tell you this. Listen, I love you. If you're holding back, you're missing it. You're missing it. Does anybody, anybody believe that with me? Come on. So I'm going to lead us in a simple yet profound confessional prayer. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, God behind bars and online, pray this one. We're going to pray it out loud with you. Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned. I know we're separated. My fault. My sin. Forgive me. Come into my heart. I confess you as my Lord. I turn my back on my old life. I'm going all in. I receive all you have. Help me walk with you. Now with heads bowed and eyes closed, if you prayed that simple prayer with me, would you just slip your hand up? Just slip it up. 
Slip it up. I'm going to give you just another couple seconds. Okay, before we, just those, uh, the ushers are handing something out. Before we do, I'm going to pray right now. It's got a word that there's somebody with a, a pain on the right hip and a pain in your right knee. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up? Just go ahead and slip it up. That's you. Hey, you're talking to me. Gotcha. You're talking to me. Gotcha. Talking to me. Father, we believe you've given us a word. and We believe you for healing. So, God, we ask you to touch those people with that. We ask you right now for them to feel the electricity in their body to flow through. We ask you to expose us to your power and your miracles. We receive what we already receive what you're doing in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, now, we had people, several people raise their hand for salvation. Come on, somebody, new people in the kingdom of God. So... This communication card, it's right in front of you. If you'll fill that out, if you prayed with me, uh, just fill it out. Or if you're a guest, fill it out. Or if you need anything, you need you want to, you want somebody to call you about serving or baptism, fill it out. Drop in the offering buckets when they come by. Uh, if you're a guest, after the service, we'll go out the center doors and across the foyer. Some smiling faces at the tables. Loved it. We have a gift for you. We're just thrilled that you came. Listen, all in. We'll be here back next weekend. All in. We're going to be back next weekend. Come on. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe if God's power falls, this service can go to a thousand people? Come on. Does anybody believe with me? Come on. You see those curtains that are not open? You see them back there? Every Saturday night, in Jesus' name, the curtains are coming open because we're going to have people sitting in that section. Are you with me? Now, how are they going to get here? How? How? We're going to bring them. Come on. Now, as we move into generosity, and man, if you'll fill the, the cards out, drop them in the offering buckets. Man, when it comes to time of generosity and worship and responding to God because of all he's done, we bring our tithes and our offerings into the house of God. But man, some of us have been dealt a difficult hand when it comes to finances, haven't we? Must be real. Grew up poor, struggle, still struggle. And man, you say, Pastor, man, I, I, I understand. I know what I should do, and I feel guilty. Am I really struggling? We want to help you. We want to help you get in some classes. We want to help you walk in financial freedom. But I'm telling you, if you'll step into the generosity journey, you'll unleash heaven to bless you in that area. So I just want to challenge you. Step in the generosity journey. Believe God's going to do something incredible. Jesus watching the offering saw all these people dropping bags of gold and he saw one widow drop less than one penny, two copper mites. I have a couple copper mites I got in Israel. Less than a penny. And Jesus said she's given more than everyone else because she gave out of all that she had. So in our worship, in our being all in, we just give it to God. So I want to invite you. Some of you will be your first time you've given. Others, then you're going to raise up to the level of core and tithers. Others are moving to lavish. Come on. Let's be all in. And all in doesn't mean everything but my pocketbook. 
So I'm going to pray. Usher's going to come forward. Has it been good to be in the house of God this weekend? Come on, somebody. Come on. We are going to see the greatest year, and it's going to take us being what? All in. All in. God, we bring our offerings to you. Some of us have already given this week online. And God, we, we bring them to you. We, we lay them at your feet. We're so grateful that we have life and blessings and salvation. And we pray that as we go all in, we will see Pentecostal power as we step into Pentecostal participation. We're going to do it. We believe it. We receive it. In Jesus' name, we pray it. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Come on, give him a shout as we get to give. <laughs>